Welcome to the Miller Oddcast, a brand new podcast from the Missouri Review. For over 40 years now, TMR has been discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Our quarterly magazine appears in print, digital, and audio formats. Learn more at MissouriReview.com. It has come to this, the internet. No, not that. It's time for episode 14 of the Miller Oddcast. I'm pretty sure that I'm still Mark McKee, managing editor of the Missouri Review. This episode, we're bringing you Scribbles, a notable entry in the 2020 Miller Audio Prize by Liz Parker Garcia. Liz Parker Garcia is a biracial, Vietnamese and white poet who holds an MFA from Hollins University. Each poem featured in Scribbles started out as a quick freehand sketch that Liz drew to help her engage creatively when she felt blocked by stress and fear during the initial months of the COVID-19 pandemic. The poems that flowed from this practice emerged in the same loose, free-flowing manner. They are like verbal scribbles. Learn more about Liz and her work at www.lizpartergarcia.com. It's been just over a year since the COVID pandemic altered the world we thought we knew and began the long introduction to the world we actually live in. Garcia's poems document the early period after the initial shelter-in-place order introduced us to forms of isolation that we're still coping with, in addition to the threat of a highly infectious mutating virus. Though the details are sometimes mundane, sometimes anguished, and punctuated by everyday sounds we often gloss over, Garcia achieves a kind of assertion of life that is replenishing. These poems feel and help us to feel deeply what is lost, and what returns. Please enjoy Scribbles by Liz Parker Garcia. My head is a scribble that never stops counting how many people have the virus today. March 30th. How many have been diagnosed here in Tennessee? 1,834. In the USA? 163,539. In the world? 693,282. Counting how much food there is left in the pantry. How many cans of chili? Two. And boxes of cereal? Fifteen. And cellophane packets of ramen? Thirty-four. How many carrots there are in the crisper drawer? Six. And how many days they've been there? Five. Compared with the green onions? Ten. Which are going limp. Never stops wondering if I should use the Twelve Potatoes now Or keep waiting Keep checking to see if they've grown eyes Or turned green and poisonous Never stops picking up the One Gallon of whole milk To take courage in its heft Or to shake it a bit when it's light And stare, stare at my daughter Who's eleven And wonder how many ounces Equal just the right amount to pour March 31st, Dolly Parton announces she will read bedtime stories online. Dolly Parton is more than a scribble, more than the sum of her parts and our hearts. Bless them. Oh, bless our sweet little hearts that need her, that need her to read us a bedtime story, to pray to sweet Jesus for us, to pull a quilt and another and another up to our chins and tuck us so tight, to hum a lullaby she found someplace soft, to spin it around us woolly and warm, and to sit beside us in the dark with a soft hand rested in the crook, 
the creak, the crick, the crack of our backs so we can sleep and slip and sob and sob and sob and sob and sob and sputter and sigh so we can hear her rocking, humming softly, rocking and wrapping us up in the back and forth, the breaths in and out while the steady heartbeat of her foot taps four four times while she keeps rocking, while we feel her understanding and her permission and, and, and know we're sheltered beneath her gentle hand, her hand, her hand, that will stay and steady us, that will make the whole world safe until the light returns. April 2nd. Mayor Glenn Jacobs, also known as Kane, wrestles with our freedoms. I never thought our Knox County mayor, whose alter ego is a necromancing pro-wrestling character, would tag in to fight for a real-life villain's team. But I also never thought I'd draw his nipples, never imagined I'd ponder whether they are rubbery and warm or cold and peaked. Never before visualized rolling and pinching them between my finger and thumb, never prepared myself to zoom in on pictures and gauge their size, quarters or half dollars and shape, definitely peaked quarters, or fathom that I'd scribble these useless man nipples into position above the mayor's implausible lungs, above the speculation of his heart, which, if it still exists, must be beating faster these days, faster as he takes to the podium and lifts our personal freedoms up, up, faster as he spins with them over the community's safety, faster as he hoists them higher and higher above his constituents, whose bodies will soon slam themselves faster and faster and f faster in an unimaginable dogpile at his unconceivable feet while the referee counts out the dead and the crowd isn't there to cheer. April 5th, the Surgeon General predicts this week will be especially difficult. Trauma is too much, too fast, which is why today I am centering on what's small and slow, like the yeast in the bread that's proofing in my warm kitchen, the cilantro seeds I buried last week and found sprouting this morning, the vegetables stewing into broth because I can't even think of floating knuckles, necks, and shanks without picturing the cram and tumble of refrigerated corpses in New York City, can't boil a dead chicken without feeling caged in its ribs, so I just stir and simmer the carrots and potatoes and center and remember that at its core, our country has good bones. Even as the fascia is carved away, we still have these good strong bones, just like a grand old house left standing because it was built by enslaved hands. Good bones like an army fortified with food that was tilled and harvested and milked and slaughtered by invisible and documented migrants. Good bones, like the ones that scaffold my sister as she bags groceries because she is at the foundation of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and she is the foundation. Her sparrow-like hands bagging and tagging, exposing too much of the not enough, unfolding the fluttering money, pecking out the glint of pennies, waiting for the candescence of each conscience to catch fire, willing each kindness to kindle a collective fed-up fury we can blow softly, softly, until it burns bright enough and slow enough and hot enough and long enough 
to transform these good bones into something that nourishes us all. April 6th. My poodle is a scribble, barking at the UPS man as he drops a case of toilet paper on our porch, a case that used to be made of trees, but is now a cardboard box filled with rolls of two-ply that also used to be made of trees. Maybe trees where a bear once shit in the woods. Maybe woods that know shit well enough to come into our house and find shit there and sit down with it like old friends. Or maybe greet it like someone new that it hasn't met. Not in the wary way of a guard dog, but in the soft way a tree stretches to peek at a springtime horizon, squints and smiles at a distant someone who looks a little familiar, a bluebird migrating, or a bear waking from winter, drawing closer and closer, leaving hibernation behind. Thanks for being with us on the Miller Oddcast number 14, featuring the work of Liz Parker Garcia. Our gratitude to her for allowing us to showcase her poetry. It's an honor. Stay tuned for Miller Oddcast number 15, coming soon. Take heed. Submissions are open now for the 2021 Miller Audio Prize. The deadline for entry is June 15th, which will be here before you know it. Learn all about it at our website. Thanks also to the Missouri Review Contest editor, Bailey Boyd, and to Patricia Miller for her generous support of the Miller Audio Prize. Finally, TMR is open for submissions year-round, and we remain dedicated to discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Be heard. Give us the opportunity to discover you. Submit your work today. Learn more at MissouriReview.com. <laughs>